This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the My High Sports Podcast Network, and we are very excited here on this weekend's with Swipe episode. Thank you so much for stopping by. I'm here with my guy, Swipe Cam. Or, oh my God, I did it again. I did it again. It's Swipe It's just Swipe You, know, you want to know why I did it? It's because I read the Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. On on the actual graphic, and I forgot to just like read Swipe Up. And also, you've got the Swipe Cam in the in the top left corner or top right corner up there. Right. I can't. I don't know how to use my finger. Um, mm-hmm. That's okay. Got the the reverse camera going on. How are you doing on Sunday, dude? I'm living, man. It's been a fun day. Some NFL games been going on all day. Great back to back game for the Denver Nuggets. And you know what? A little bit of down news, obviously, but nothing. I think. Uh, concerned about as of right now. And then on top of that, the team is rolling this early. They're six and one. They got the second best adjusted net rating in the NBA. The defense is top six. They're solidified. And you know what? Jokic is the best player in the league. And right now, people are asking the question is, does Jokic have a gap on the league like LeBron and Jordan had a gap on the league? So I think Nuggets fans are in a really good place. It's been tremendous. It's been obviously tremendous to be uh, in, the, in the building lately and watching Nikola Jokic's greatness. Like that's a... That's a thing that we'll we'll definitely talk about at the top here. But uh, Denver has been awesome. Uh, before before we get into that, we have to talk about this uh, this uh, this little thing on my face. I went over to see my parents today, and I've had a a mostly unanimous approval rating on on this thing on my face so far. And until I got to speaking to my mother about it. And she was she was not not happy. So this this might be coming off, folks, unless I hear why a bunch of pod because I care about what my mother thinks. I'm sorry, Cam. But you don't. <laughs> but you don't live at home. <laughs> no, of course she not. But like she doesn't. I, I she understand. doesn't. She pay your bills. What's this? Yeah. What's this got to do with anything? Because I, I'm a mama's boy. That's uh, that's just how. It, that's how it's always gonna be, dude. That's, yeah, I'm, uh, that's I how have it a is. mother. I had a mother as well. What's that got to do with my facial hair? <laughs> Y'all, uh, it, it was a bigger adjustment for them. For me to do this when I have had a beard for all these years, there were people that were talking about it, like swipe it. What is this? But they adjusted. My yeah. mom, everybody else in my life, everybody adjusted. You know what I mean? And now, you know, it's a different kind of look, different kind of vibe. You know what I mean? A little bit of Captain Jack Sparrow, a little bit of you know Rico Suave. You know what I mean? All that <laughs> stuff. So y'all, let, let Brian know in the chat that he needs to keep the mustache because it works for him. Or or do I go goatee or like a, no, this full no. this? Right here. No. no, nothing, nothing no. like that. Okay. No. All you're right. Not, I just you're you're twenty you're twenty six, sir. You're not you're not you're not forty five. Uh you, you know what? We're we're on the twenty six going on thirty six at this point. So, uh, but no, we're 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 having a good time. It's uh, I just wanted to uh to share with the chat on that one. But uh, no, hey, it's been it's been a good it's been a good Nuggets week overall. It's been a good positive experience. Um, I want to talk so. Denver obviously defeats the Dallas Mavericks. They defeat the Chicago Bulls Friday and Saturday back-to-back by a combined 33 points. Uh, We saw some interesting things happen in this game. Saw some interesting things happen overall. Uh, I'm I'm curious about your opinions here. How do you think Denver handled this? How do you think they, like the way that they approached these two games? One was an in-season tournament game, obviously. The other, they play everybody. Jamal gets hurt. Um, but they still end up defeating Chicago by 20. Uh, how do you think things went over this weekend? Yeah, uh, I think it was great. You know, I think the fact that the Nuggets were able to get ready for the in-season tournament, a new thing the NBA is doing, they were the last ESPN spot of the night, meaning you're getting all the eyes and all the action. You get the Jokic versus Luka, Balkan, uh, you know, basically just an opportunity for them to see the two best players out of Europe, you know, including Giannis, obviously, that's getting ready to come and play. So, I think it was really good, man. I think the fact that they were able to come out and they got up to 20 versus Dallas, they were letting it be clear. Again, y'all, people are going to forget this. Dallas was a top 
a team in the NBA. They were 4-0 going into that game. They had one of the best offenses. I think the second best offense in the NBA going into the game. Their defense was 19th, so they weren't good defensively. And, and the, the Denver Nuggets, they cl- they clamped them for most of the game. And then in the third quarter at some point, I think they had like a 105 defensive rating or something like that. And then obviously it kind of went haywire a little bit in the fourth quarter, which is fine. You know, that's, that is what it is. But again, they had their way. They did whatever they wanted. Joker missed two shots. He was 14 to 16. Jamal Murray was playmaking. Uh, I think he had 13 assists in that game. Michael Porter Jr. found his groove, started shooting the ball well again, was four bait from three. And then on top of that, we got the special where Michael Porter Jr. kept getting targeted by Luka Doncic, held him to two of eight shooting per NBA.com for 25% from the field and forced five turnovers as well. So there were so many different things that we saw from that game. And then a letdown spot right in front of him with the Chicago Bulls, who were two and five, two and four coming into that performance. And they were a team that last year beat the Nuggets in March in Denver by 21 points. During that little malaise, when they were the number one seed by seven plus game going into the playoff, I think they won by 21 points. And everybody was asking around the nation, are the Nuggets fraud? Look at Jamar DeRozan and Zach Levine. Zach Levine's last four games versus the Nuggets all been great. What's going to change this time, Zach Levine, at 12 points? It's been pretty good. It's been pretty good DeMar to DeRozan see. Jamar DeRozan was nowhere to be seen over the course of that game. So, it, yeah. It was was just a great game. No, it was was interesting to see, and it was interesting to see Denver handle that. They were very serious. Uh, I I know that the injury kind of screwed some things up within the flow of the game. Uh, I would say we'll talk about that a little bit more in the second segment to everybody. Uh, But in general, it was just nice to see Denver turn what was definitely a letdown spot, like you said, in into a spot where they they put the clamps on and they put the blitz on, especially in that third quarter. Uh, mm-hmm. at, at one point, like I think Jokic was plus eighteen in the third quarter alone, and yeah. and the Nuggets were, I think, like plus twenty five, plus twenty six in the second half with Jokic on the floor. Right. And the way that he turns it up, the way that he continues to showcase the levels that he's reaching, uh, it has like it, he's finding new ways to do it and. The tipping, the the passes that he, or the, the rebounds that he's tipping to himself consistently. There was one sequence, especially against Dallas, mm-hmm. where he's got two guys that he's going up against. Tips the ball in front of Luca. Tips the ball off the backboard a second time. Grabs the ball, collects the rebound, and and lays it up and easy. It was like it's a masterclass in how to manipulate the game, in how to manipulate every aspect of the game. And this is one aspect that most teams don't necessarily think about a ton, which is the rebounding game. And and Jokic has that master. Like he really does. He very rarely gives up offensive rebounds unless it's kind of out like well outside of his area. And, and sometimes he creates offensive rebounds for himself because he's just got the best hands of the league. You know, what's funny, man is Joker, you know, this is the worst time of the year for him. Like this is when he's at his worst at the basketball part of the last, this is one of the last four seasons now, but the last three seasons especially. It's the beginning of the year. Joker typically doesn't come out and just absolutely put the January pressure on you. Where he's been player of the month uh, the last two January, maybe three, but definitely yeah. the last two January he's been player of the month. And, you know, right now, you know, Jokic isn't playing super well. I mean, you know, he's averaging 27.4 career high, 12.7. 7.9 on the 70% true shooting, you know, on the season, he is shooting 40% from three, you know, 63% from the field. He was not an eye from the free throw line versus Chicago. Uh, the great stat that you put out, Ryan, can you tell me, tell the people, what exactly is Joker from floater um, so far? So, so far this season, seven games, he's 18 of 19 on the floaters. He was two of three in this last game against Chicago, missed a shot, and I thought he like Nikola Vucevic should have been called for a foul on the play. Jokic collects the rebound on that play. Tony Brothers uh, hits him with an offensive foul for some reason. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, in general, he has been as perfect as possible on one of the most difficult shots in the NBA. Mm. Yeah, man. So I think the conversations, Ryan, that we're just having about this team is, uh, you know, people are saying the Boston Celtics are the best team in the league, which is fine. Like, I have no issue with that. I think they, again, if you go to dunks and threes per adjusted schedule, um, you know, they have the 29th ranked schedule in the NBA right now. So the Nuggets are sitting at, uh, in terms of schedule, um, they're sitting at 15th as of 
his last game they played versus the Bulls. So they Stand. were at 10 before that, but yeah. you know, mid-level schedule, whatever, whatever. But I will say this, uh, the Nuggets defense is very good and they are playing extremely hard. And really outside of the Memphis Grizz, the not Memphis, the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves game, and then the first half of the Bulls game, they've been dominant. Like they've been a dominant defensive unit. And, you know, you can't ask a team to play 100% defensively every single game. But so the fact that they have leaned onto their defense and the fact that they have accentuated so many things so well, and again, they don't have a mark defensively on the roster right now. So that's another part of this too. Like I think the Nuggets are just finding a tempo and a rhythm to the season that even if they had to let down game versus the Wolves, man, they're just like, they're just hitting on all cylinders right now. And they're finding new cylinders to hit. It's just been awesome to watch. And I, I want to point out this. Uh, it, let me see if I can find it here real quickly. This quote that I, I got from Reggie Jackson last night on Jokic. Uh, and also, like, if, if anybody wants to check out, I posted about a minute-long video of Michael Malone opining on Nikola Jokic's success and how it's hard work that kind of causes it. So go check that out at some point. Uh, but here's what Reggie Jackson had to say about Nikola Jokic last night. Quote, he mentally dominated the game today. That was fun to be on the court with him. And at times I'd be sitting there watching him. He controlled the entire game. And that's kind of where I'm I'm getting at. Like, because he has controlled the game before. But this is the different level, like with the the pacing that he has throughout the game, the aggressiveness, knowing when to push the the button versus when to kind of sit back and kind of let the game come to him, let other guys cook for a little bit. He found awesome ways to get the team going, especially in the mm-hmm. second half last night where Denver needed a jolt. And it looked like he was just so fed up with the way that the first half went and was like, you know, I got to take over. I got to find ways. And whether it was scoring or rebounding, actually it was really the rebounding aspect. That's when jo- that's when you know that Joker is as, as good as he's ever going to be. It's when he has those 15 plus rebound games and he right. had nine rebounds in the third quarter last night. So I just I watch that and I I see that and I hear what these guys have to say about him. There was at one point where he was like nine points, four rebounds, two assists in the first half, yeah. and like I don't know where he exactly finished, but it was it was pretty pretty minimal. And, and then when you just have the ability to turn on the Jets like that, right when the team needs you, I think this is the best version that we've ever seen of him. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, like I think the the thing is, man, I think we not we. But I think the way that the, he was talked about for all these years, people were just so quick to admit to. Because, again, I think whenever there's a phenomenon, unless you see it coming, it's hard to accept it. Sure. Like Jordan, you saw it coming. You know, North Carolina, standing six foot six, Michael Jordan. <laughs> and as soon as he hits the league, 27 points a game, right? Magic, the smile, getting down the court, the ping, passes behind <laughs> the back of the head. You know, starting at the at the center position in the NBA Finals at the rookie, 42 points. Kareem, hook shot, undefeated through UCLA. The freshman UCLA team taking down the veteran UCLA team that, was one, that just won a national championship. You hear all this stuff, and then you have Joker. Sambor, 41st pick, wasn't a dominant player until 2018. First team on, yay, all right. And then he goes to the Western Conference Finals, a couple good performances here. Cool. Then he wins an MVP. This isn't somebody we anointed. Then he wins an MVP again. This is not somebody we anointed. And then he's on the track to win his third. We didn't anoint him. He's not going to win three straight like Bird did. And then he goes in 30, 13, and 10 in the NBA Finals. Everybody's like, okay, is this, is he like one of them ones? Should we be talking about him like we talk about LeBron and Jordan and Kareem and all these players? Because I think that's where we're headed. And I know that, like, the world is catching up to that part. Like, that's the last step of this. But, Ryan, there is no one that has the ability to just control the game. And I don't know if you've seen it. I'm putting a lot more clips out on Twitter uh, because I know some people don't have access to the game. So I want to make sure they're getting, like, the, the highlights and stuff. But, Ryan, like, his ability to, like, control every little part of the game. That little uh, when he was coming off the off the cut, that little Sambor Euro oh, yeah. step that he had off of Luca crazy, and then on top of that, the Sambor shuffle over the left shoulder again. The ability to turn around right before halftime, step into a arcing three point shot, 
he just does it all. And defensively, he's been good too. So, bro, I think we're just now we're in the Jokic era. We've been there the last couple of years, and I think people are just catching up to it. Grant Williams has to retire the Batman nickname. Like that dude, he got just flambéed out there, and and there's there's just no reason for that to ever exist ever again. Like it was a it was a one time one year thing, and it would be it's just tremendous to actually to see it continue to go. Right. Um. All right. Well, let's move on to one more one more segment here before we take a break. Michael Porter Jr. Um, I, I think you're pretty passionate on this topic. I think you have you have some opinions on on Michael Porter Jr. and and the way that he has played and the way he continues to evolve. I, I want to give you the floor here because this is what you sent me in a text message, and I, I laughed about it. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., the next Scotty Pippen. What's going on? Yeah, you know, I think if you were watching basketball and you saw a six foot ten super freak athlete, 2018, coming out of high school, you're like. That's one of the five best high school players I've ever seen in my life. I wonder how good he would be. And then you get the back end and all this sort of stuff goes with him to be a career. He's an offensive player, great offensive player. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, he can't play any defense. And then you're like, well, just give him time to play basketball. Let him grow. And then subsequently, he's 25 years old, Ryan. And now all of a sudden, we saw it in the playoffs. And people were like, well, you know, played against the Minnesota Timberwolves, you know. The Suns weren't healthy. Oh, the Lakers, LeBron had a bad foot. Jimmy Butler had a bad ankle. Oh, and then all of a sudden, you come into the year, Michael Porter Jr. all of a sudden is like, is he like one of the 20 best wing defenders in the league? And everybody now is like, oh, I mean, that's gassing it. Like, is he really not? No, legitimately, dude. Like, Ryan, he has been spectacular. Did you see the video I put up yesterday of the rotation that him and Porter, him and uh, AG have yep. uh, during the game yesterday? Yep, I Bro, did. Bro, on tremendous. a string. <laughs> on a string, he's communicating. He's catching a short roll. He's helping. He's contesting at the rim. And he's staying in front of people, bro. Like, Porter, man, is putting himself in a different class of players. Because we used to say, man, you know, him and Pascal Siakam, would you make that trade because of the defensive upside? If only and they got Andrew Wiggins with the Warriors, all this other stuff. He's a better offensive player than a lot of players in the league. And if you're telling me that he's continued to get more healthy with the ankle, his back, as he said two years ago, is going to get healthier and healthier as he gets older because he's getting further away from the, the surgeries and all that stuff. Bro, man, he's just like – he's just amazing. Also, I want to pull this up real quick. Somebody says that MPJ can't fight over screens. All right, I want to name a six-foot-10 wing that fights over screens easily like KCP does. Because I want to know who that is. Because I've seen Tobias Harris, LeBron. LeBron sure ain't doing it. Yeah. Kevin Durant no ain't doing it. No way. Wimbenyama's not even fighting over screens. He's 7'4", and he's a great athlete. That's just not what tall players do. What you ask them to do is to help him recover. And what does he do? He helps him recover. So, go ahead, brother. Go got ahead. long arms. He's got uh, plenty of opportunities there to – uh, just just contest those shots, especially from the rear view, because he has been working really hard. He has been doing those mm-hmm. extra things in order to become successful. I think it, when you when you say six ten guys that fight over screens, the only guy that comes to mind there is Ben Simmons, and he was in the in the defensive player right. of the year discussion. So like, right. it is just a it's a very rare skill set to have. He was built and, like Gumby at six ten, you know. <laughs> uh, no, I, I've got there's there's plenty of reasons to be happy at about MPJ, especially uh, another quote that, that made the article on, on last night. He, t- he told me uh, he's just trying to be aggressive, trying to run the floor, just getting in better shape and making myself tired out there. He says, quote, mm-hmm. I just feel like the better shape I'm in, the more I'm able to have a motor and keep going. Right. And when I heard that, I was just blown away. I just, mm-hmm. just, absolutely floored and there's so many reasons to like there are reasons to criticize guys and for mpj for a while it was that sometimes he could get frustrated sometimes he could get knocked out of the play and then he'd give up on some plays here or there now he's never done that he has never once done that at all he is working hard he's working through these screens he's battling on the glass he's fighting through He's staying in front. He's contesting from behind. He's done everything that you could possibly ask of him to do on the defensive end, switching onto the opposing team's best player and giving them hell. 
Like, you know that Shea's not fighting for him. He's He wasn't trying to seek him out in the blowout that the Nuggets had. He was seeking out the Nuggets' smaller guys because why in the world would he try to go at the six foot ten porter? And the same is true for Luka, although Luka, one of the things that he does is he tries to go at the opposing team's strength a lot of the time. And it's almost like a challenge for him. He's trying to seek that out in a lot of ways. And I wonder if he was trying to go at Michael Porter because he saw him as a weakness or because he saw him as a strength. I don't know. So he did that to Giannis. But I think if you're going to do the Giannis thing with him, then like, you know, Luka will pull Giannis away from the rim. So that helps our defenses open. I think the thing is, if you're going to do that with Denver, then you would want to do that with AG, you know, because he's going to be the one that's actually the better help side. But, but now at this point, and then the thing is, he stayed out of foul trouble. That's the thing you actually have to worry about with him because he's so long. Remember, he used to put his arms in the cookie jar all the time. But, dude, like even versus DeRozan, like used to eat him up a couple years ago. And so yeah. the way, just, bro, he played, let's just go through the season. Let's just go through the season. LeBron James. Jaron Jackson, maybe. Desmond Bain, too. Yeah. Jaron Jackson Jr. Shea Gilgit Alexander. Uh, Jay Will. Uh, and then they had uh, DeRozan, Levine. Mm-hmm. You got Anthony Edwards. Everybody got blown out that game. And then uh, missing uh, Laurie Marketing. Laurie Marketing. Yeah. They, he, there have been a lot of defensive challenges yeah. so far this year. And you, you haven't seen him taken advantage of. Now, you know, uh, he had a couple versus, uh, I think it was Torian Prince, but he was a couple open threes that he had, like on some contests. Um, I'm trying to think who scored on him over the course of this year. Tim Hardaway Jr. had a couple plays where he, like, you know, bumped him and all that other stuff. But, again, like, that stuff happens. Like, everybody has those moments. But just even star-level players, if they're going at MPJ at this point, you just got to feel good about it. Put him on Jalen Brown, dude. I don't care. Yeah, facts. That's a fact. Put, put him on Jalen yeah. Brown and let Jalen Brown try to go at him. Like, I what do not care saying? at all what Jalen Brown is going to try to do against Michael Porter. Like, that is a perfectly reasonable matchup for Denver. And if Jalen Brown wants to shoot 20 times, we just saw it last game uh, for, mm-hmm. for Boston. He shot like 7 of 22. If he feels like he's got a great matchup against MPJ, cool. Fine. I don't care. Like, if you're going to try to shoot over the dude. Well, but you know what's so funny, man? And I, I just really hope – I can't wait to the Nuggets actually play Boston. I think they're a really good team, man. But I'm telling you, bro, if you're telling me that you're going to have KCP, MPJ, AG, Peyton, Christian, Zeke, just those six, and then plus, you know, Murray, bro, they're, they're going to have so many wing defenders in any of these matchups, man. Like, I just think people are just – they're underestimating a little bit, I think, just how, like, the bevy of wing defend, defenders they have right now because MPJ has become a plus defender. It's unbelievable. Like, I – I do think that this has changed Denver's trajectory. You've mentioned that before, where it's like changing what to expect because I I expected them to be like Tobias Harris on the defensive end or something like that. Not right. good, but like not a problem. Like you're not really going out of your way to attack Tobias Harris all the time. Right. With Porter, you may want to actively avoid the dude. <laughs> like just just keep him out of the actions. Put him right. in off-ball screen actions. Try to make him work off-ball as much as possible. Get through those where, where guys are like sprinting around on the perimeter and things like that. That's probably the way to take advantage of Michael Porter. Not isolating him. Like that just mm-hmm. allows him to kind of use his length and, and do what he does best, which is be super tall. Like he's been, it's been really, really cool. And I did I did want to make special special mention of this on the pod because he like he deserves that credit. And and the way that he has fought through. Even like he said, 75% on his ankle right now. He's, he's not feeling great. Right. He's not feeling perfect, but he's getting better. And I, I do like Scotty Pippen also did things on the offensive end. So we should probably mention that he had 24 points mm-hmm. and 27 points and, and mm-hmm. really took over on offense in the second half. He had 19 in the second with Jamal Murray out. So like the dude has been tremendous. And it's why I made the benching against Utah such a big deal. Because I yeah. did not think that he deserved that. I think he's good enough that he did not need that. And I, a lot of people were questioning me, like, why I was I was making a big deal. This is why. Because you don't bench this dude. Yeah, well, even with that, like, you know, people are saying that Christian Brown playing a good game. They don't have an issue with it. I'm like, now, to be fair, to be fair, Aaron Gordon got benched for Jeff Green in the finals. 
Like that happened. Like that happened in game three. Was it game three when when uh? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was game three. Uh, there was a because big he, a big three that Jeff Green hit in game yeah. three for sure. I do remember that. And AG was struggling scoring one of those games, so they just left Jeff in. And so I get it. Like that can happen. And because there's two players on this team that are on the court, no matter the situation. Well, really, and honestly, if we're being honest, it's three because I think KCP has moved into that role. But KCP Wild. also is a POA defender, so you just don't take POA defenders off the court. But I think Porter at this point, he's closed every game this year other than the Utah game. And it's like, yeah, he's just one of your best players and one of your best defenders now. Just and So I don't know, man. It's just uh, I am so incredibly happy and proud of the progress he's made. You know, I actually spoke to his dad uh, when I saw him at the, uh, I think it was the Laker game, you know, because we obviously, you know, talked before offline. And, you know, just the way that even just he acknowledged how much MPJ has grown and, and what he's done to improve his game and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's been, it's been really good. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to cover Jamal Murray's injury. And I know that we've got some we've got some questions uh, from, from the comments about what's going on there. And we'll, we'll give the full details that we know. Uh, as as best as we possibly can. But first, everybody, as you know, this podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Uh, have you ever thought about referring a friend and earning a free $50 this season with Superbook Sports? Superbook is the most trusted name in sports wagering, and you do not want to miss their refer a friend bonus. All you need to do is click on the refer a friend link under your profile in the Superbook app. Share the promo code with friends and you will get a $50 bonus for everyone uh, that actually signs up using that promo. Uh, they do a great job of taking care of their own and you'll get a $50 bonus if they register. So win money wagering and win money referring this season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Weekends with Swipe. We're back. Big action roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Weekends with Swipe Up on this Sunday evening. Thank you so much, everybody, for stopping by. It can't be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Uh, that helps us out tremendously. Make sure to go subscribe to the Swipe a Cam YouTube channel as well as to the Alley Oop with Ryan Blackburn. Those really help us each What is the Alley Oop well. with Ryan was, is it Brian or is it Ryan Blackburn? Who is uh, it? You know what? Like as as somebody who talks for a living, I often screw up my own name. Uh, sometimes I do say Brian Blackburn because I just get tongue tied. No, it is. Can I get a alley- fifteen second teaser on what exactly the show is? Sure, absolutely. Uh, the Alley Oop with Ryan Blackburn is a YouTube podcast and an Apple Podcast, Spotify podcast, where you can learn all about the entire NBA from the smartest voices around each of those voices covering their individual team. You get the best possible content all in one place. Make sure to subscribe to The Alley with Ryan Blackburn. Thank you, Swipe. Really appreciate that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've heard great things about the show, so I just want to confirm. <laughs> uh, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Let's talk about Jamal Murray's injury now. Uh, this is something that kind of hit a little bit, like early second quarter, Murray was being, he was getting very physical with Alex Caruso, who fantastic. I, I got to say, probably the best defensive guard I've ever watched play. Like, and I'm in I, person, in person, like I've, that I've ever okay. seen in person. Um, there are guys in history that I think obviously you'd probably take Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan, guys like that in, in terms of how they affect the game. But I mean, good Lord, Alex Caruso is as dominant of a defensive player as pesky of a defensive player as I've ever seen at the guard, like just mm-hmm. unbelievable. And like we, yeah, we could come up on AG. Great. Yeah. It was tremendous. So we, we could come up, that's actually a, a good piece of content that we could do throughout the season. At some point we could come up with our, our rankings for different skill sets. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he battles with Jamal, Jamal gets blitzed on a pick and roll at some point. He throws the ball away, uh, not or throws the ball to somebody else. And, 
in that sequence, he hurt his hamstring somehow. I'm not sure when exactly it happened, but it was in the first first minute of the second quarter on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, he has a right hamstring strain. Uh, let right. me just confirm that on the injury report. Yes, right hamstring strain. And he is out for this upcoming game on Monday night, tomorrow night. Um, not really surprised. Not really surprised that that's what happened based off of how he's kind of holding the back of that hamstring. He was kind of uh, definitely limped out of the tunnel and clearly something happened. Um, the x-ray room was open uh, for Denver. I'm, I'm not sure what was like who was getting x-rays or if it was an MRI machine. Uh, he was getting, uh, it was at least open up in the, the post game last night. So somebody was getting something checked out. I'd imagine that it was Jamal. And I'm curious to see what they do and then how they handle this because it, it does seem like maybe a little bit more serious and they, they might be a little bit more cautious than we initially thought. So Swipe, I, I want to ask, um, who would you start with Jamal Murray sidelined? Me? Yes, hmm. if it was up to you. <laughs> well, uh, somebody who leans defense because, uh, you know, that's how I always work. I would do something nasty, you know, no nasty. I would probably more than likely see what it looks like. Who they play? They play uh, the Pelicans. Yeah, play the Pelicans. Play also, by the way, CJ McCollum collapsed lung. Like that, Again, that came out today. I'm not sure years. what the ramifications are of that injury or the, the the timetable there. Did you see a timetable come out? No, but it's the second time and uh, it's happened to him. So you know, just obviously praying for a speedy release. Full recovery for him because that's obviously very scary. Absolutely, um, but he seemed to be in good, good, have a good posture about it. He made a joke about it on Twitter. <laughs> I, I saw that. I did laugh. That was funny. Uh, but you know what? I'm probably leaning Christian Brown. Okay. I think that if I'm going to do that, obviously I want to keep Reggie Jackson's minutes. You know, I would like to see we can manage that. But Christian Brown played really good this year, like very good. Andy Bailey put out the per thirty to per seventy five with him and uh, Bruce Brown last year, and Christian, he's scoring a little bit less on worse efficiency, but he's rebounds and his, his assists are up. And I think Christian offers a lot. So Christian, KCP, AG, MPJ, Jokic. Nobody's scoring on that. And for me, it's like, you know, you got three plus, well, two plus shooters, and then you got everybody to cutter on that roster, and then you can put our, uh, Reddy Jackson in. Uh, I think I would put Julian Strofter right in that spot, uh, right behind him. And so you have Reddy Jackson, Julian Strofter, Peyton Watson, Zeke Naji, and then, um, you know, whoever, if you want to play a fifth, you can play a fifth if you want. Maybe maybe but, staggering a Aaron Gordon mm-hmm. or a Michael Porter might, might make yeah. some sense there. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think Reggie with Porter or Reggie with AG, uh, probably with Porter at this point in time, because I, I don't want to overwork AG's body too much. But, yeah, man, I would just rather – I'd probably just lean defense and just say, cool. Because remember, this happened last year, and I, I brought this up, you know, in a, in a text chain today with some other uh, – some NBA folks, and – uh you know, I basically said last year versus Memphis, remember Jamal Murray missed that game in December. And they started Bruce Brown. They started Bruce Brown, KCP, AG, and MPJ. No, no, uh, no. no. It MP, MPJ without Christian Brown. Mm-hmm. They started mm-hmm. Christian Brown. And they won 105 to 91. And then the Warriors game, the second game of the year, there was no Jamal because it was a back-to-back. And they started Bruce Brown with MPJ, AG, Jokic, and KCP. And they dominated. So, again, throw all the defenders out with Joker. And just throw the athletes out there, and I guarantee more than likely they're going to run people out of the gym. I do think that there is logic to that. I, I don't want to say outright that it's the best situation. I, I think that there is reason to just start Reggie and to kind of do what they did last night, which is, hey, stagger Reggie with the second unit. Uh, it's kind of a, it's a heavy burden on him initially, and and maybe he's not physically ready for that. Maybe that's just kind of a one-game thing, and and they'd rather keep his minutes down. but. He was a starter, and and they clearly value his impact. They clearly value what he can do kind of handling the basketball and organizing things and making sure everybody's in the right place. Um, and I, I thought that Reggie has, has mostly handled his assignments pretty well, so I think there's at least logic there. What about starting Colin Gillespie and no. leaving Reggie with no. the second unit? No, absolutely okay. not. That's something Malone would do, but no, that would ruin your defense. He's way too small. So there – 
it's it's not just something Malone would do. It's actually something George Carl would do. Where I, I remember specifically, there were times where World they World. would start the third string and then leave the backups, leave the backup unit intact. Yeah, I don't think that well, Denver, the third string is Julian Strother, though. Right, uh, I, but I'm talking like third string point guard, third string at the position yeah. of need. Um, Colin is just so small, bro, and like they're gonna play against the Pelicans, which is fine. But then they're playing the Warriors. No, I'm not putting Collins and Lipsy on the court with Steph Curry and Clay and Dre and all of them. I just, I would rather, I would rather not do that person. But Collins played well. He did. He played well in the minutes that he played, and he closed with the starters in the fourth quarter. What about Justin Holiday? Yeah, I don't care. You know what I said? I said I think Justin's going to play point guard at some point this year. And you looked at me. You're like, well, I don't think he might. He might slot in at the one, but like he's not playing. That's point what I'm guard. saying. Yeah, that's fine. But the Nuggets don't need you to do anything at a point guard level. That's at a high level because they just you got MPJ, you got AG, you got KCP. That's enough. And then you got Jokic. That's just enough. Like they don't need to do a lot with that. And if you need Aaron Gordon getting you involved in sets and then you get into your action and stuff. Well, cool. Well, guess what? If they're going to run a horn set, then then just have MPJ be the one to pass into the horn set. Or if you're running a double drag. Run a double drag for KCP. Like, it's just, you know, to me, it's just, I would much rather they take care of the other end because the offense isn't going to fall off. And that's not that Murray's not a great offensive player. Obviously, he is. But in a regular season setting, you can get by with having Justin Holiday, Julian Strother, or Christian Brown in at the one, and then you just rotate around that. I think it's a fair. I think it's completely fair. And I do agree with you for what it's worth. That, like, there are ways for Denver to make it work. What I will say is that the one area where I'm really concerned about this is this is going to slow down Denver tremendously. This is going to slow them down. One of the good things about having a point guard out there is just you get into your sets faster because everybody knows what they're going to do. Everybody gets up the court. You can trust Murray to get the ball up the floor and get the Nuggets into their sets and make sure that everybody's organized in the right place that knows the play. And, And often it's just like calling the play relaying that to everybody else it's something that we don't really even think about but mm-hmm. it's going to be a slow process and so denver needs these veterans out there it's why i think maybe reggie is a good idea to to start and then just stagger with the second unit even like especially if it's a temporary thing uh, but you now, know what's great this remember michael malone is playing peyton watson to earn his minutes but also to get him ready but i think if this is if they're serious about christian brown becoming a lead ball handler at some point well this is the perfect opportunity to give him some run we're some good teams. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, you've got New Orleans coming up. You've got Golden State coming up. You've, you've got some some pretty tough matchups here. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how they do handle it. Who's the third uh, matchup this week? They Our have future. Houston on Sunday. Actually, let's just let me let me go to it here real quick. Uh, yeah. Next week you've got or tomorrow you've got Monday versus New Orleans. Wednesday you have Golden State. Sunday is actually at Houston. It is not. Uh, home versus Houston, just yeah. for everybody watching at home. Uh, Sunday, they will go on the road. And I think that's a five-game road trip, if I'm not mistaken. No, they come back for the Clippers. Mm, okay, that's the right. That's and then right. they have a five-game uh, road streak with uh, the Pelicans, Cavs, Pistons, Magic, Rockets. Now, go ahead and write an L in the Magic box, because that's going to be an L. I'm, I already know it's going to be an L. <laughs> the same thing, with I knew the Wolves were going to be an L. Yeah. It's, it's pretty easy to figure out which teams – Oh uh, yeah, a, a young, long, yeah. strong, hardworking team that has something to prove in the Eastern Conference and trying to get into the play-in playoff. Oh yeah, on a what day is it? On a Wednesday at seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Good luck. Also, I <laughs> I definitely made fun of the Lakers for traveling to Orlando and getting their asses handed them handed handed to them. Uh, it's going to happen to Denver too. Like it's just well, it's Orlando's just going a really to good team, bro. They're uh. You know, per Dunkston threes right now, you know, they're like they're about the 13th best team in the league. They're four and two. They got an adjusted net rating of a plus point eight. Uh, their offense is not good. Their defense is a 108.8. So, like, they just they're just big. And they're yeah. they're they're like a Minnesota S team. A bunch of that's a, big that's athletes. a good comp. Yeah. I Window I Carter like Jr. That. is super strong. You got a six ten Paolo, best player, best player on the team, by the way. You got a six foot ten Franz Wagner. Markel Fools, Gary Harris, Jalen Sugg, Anthony Black, like, and then on top of that, Jonathan Isaac off the bench, Mo Wagner, 
off the bench. Like that's just a lot of players. Uh, do you know who's leading the team in, in points per game right now? Probably Orlando, Franz, right? No, it's it's Franz. It's uh, yeah. he's at nineteen point eight. Although his efficiency hasn't been tremendous, Powell has actually been slightly slightly more efficient there. Although his his free throw shooting got to get that up. Um, but he has he's averaging five and a half assists per game. Paolo is so not going the Carmelo hey, route. That's wanna, that's good you, to see. Well, first off, y'all be y'all got to stop doing this. Melo was a top ten player. I don't care what none of y'all said. He was a, he was the eye candy of the league as well. Y'all got to stop hating. By the way, let me read this to y'all because Ryan over here said I'd rather have Franz Wagner than Paolo Vantero. Let me read. I said this I, to I said I, Second, I would for a championship team no, right now. No, okay, Absolutely. Great. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah. Whatever. So I think it's twenty. By the way, Paolo seventeen and a half, six point two, five point five, fifty five point eight true shooting on the year. Oh, and then he had a really freaking good game versus LeBron James and the Lakers as well. Franz Wagner, also a really good player. 19.8, 5.7, 3.2, 50 true shooting. Shot yeah. chucker. <laughs> That's a shot chucker. That's the real Carmelo Anthony on that roster. 19.8 on a 50.8 true shooting. Six game sample size. It'll be fine. They'll, they'll, they'll bounce back. I, I, no, I'm, I am curious because both of these guys are awesome, and Nuggets fans right. are going to get a picture of that. So we'll talk about that next week because that uh, we we probably are spending too much on them. Um, but I think no. I, if I had to predict it now, I would say that they win versus New Orleans, that they lose versus Golden State, and oh. that they win versus Houston. Um, I think it's the opposite. Mm. All right. I think. They're more likely because they they're gonna get up. They're gonna actually play and try for the Warriors game. Like, and also in the last two seasons, they are six and one versus the Warriors in the regular season. So this is not this has become a Clippers esque matchup for them in a regular season. And they, this is not gonna be disrespectful to the Warriors. They're obviously a really good team, but the Nuggets they got smoked when Jokic was by himself. So they are just I think they feel a way. Uh, about that team and again they always they want to play them and again if you just throw the defenders out there too and it's like Jokic versus Kaban Looney and Draymond and then Michael loved playing the Warriors because he grew up admiring Steph beat Steph one-on-one at Steph's high school camp back in the day this has been a thing and then you got AG as well so I actually think they're more likely to lose to the Pelicans they beat the Warriors oh but by the way I think they're going to win both of these games because they're both at home just to be clear here you know and the Nuggets and then on top of that, the Rockets game. Now, the Rockets are going to be interesting because Alperin Shingun is going to play really hard. Jokic is probably not going to play really hard that game. Unless unless Joker is this new Joker that we're seeing that's, like, like, like aggressive and, like, proving to everybody. Well, and then the other aspect of it is, like, one, one of the things that Joker really does, he, he does take the losses pretty seriously. Right. And the last time he saw the Houston Rockets, he played just garbage. He was horrible right. in that game back in, like, April. Um, I think that he will remember that game. That was, as a matter of fact, that's the night that uh, Embiid had 52 versus oh, uh, yeah. that, no Rob that, Williams and no uh, Jalen Brown. That one, that game won Embiid the MVP. Uh, and it wasn't the 52. It was Jokic's game. <laughs> Jokic versus Houston losing. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> like not kidding. Minus 20. <laughs> oh my God, he was disgustingly bad. <laughs> he was just like, he was just like dribbling the ball and just losing the ball in the post. Like, oh shit, that just, that goes away. Um, it was <laughs> Push his head down. Oh. <laughs> Man, I, I so much fun. Uh, whenever, no, whenever I, Joker is, uh, is is when they get a foul call and a turnover, he just you know, you know what, you know what it is. You get that single clap. You know, all right, he's just playing around. All shucks. Uh, I shouldn't have tried that behind the head pass. <sighs> <laughs> and then remember the uh, versus the Mavericks. He did he did he. Yes, it was in the crowd. Yeah, no, he he actually talked about that after the game and was like, "Yeah, we we have to get we have to figure out the turnovers. I need to just not like make a random behind the head pass like I did." Like he said that. I was like, the there wasn't even a clear cutter. Like it was just like I think he thought somebody was going to cut, and it was like three people standing there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if a teammate is over there somewhere <laughs> like that's, that's what i'm like... saying that's, that's how you know where joker is mentally like this is not a game that he feels like they have to like play at tip-top level to beat you by 50 yeah and we'll, we'll find out we'll we'll see how he approaches it uh against right. against houston on sunday there is a possibility that they go three and oh it's also a possibility that they go like one and two or oh and three if right. this murray injury kind of 
takes thing takes them out of their stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that they will be they'll be pretty focused on making that right. Um, I want to wrap up with one more thing here before we go. Which players are your circle of trust guys right now? Which players would would you have? Okay. So let's just pretend that this circle of trust is Nikola Jokic. Okay. <laughs> and then, so we're going to put all the players inside of that. All right. We're going to put the so players then... inside of Nikola Jokic. <laughs> all right. All right. So that's on trust. you, dude. It's on you. Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Christian Brown. I have a highlight tape of Reggie Jackson coming up soon, by the way. Uh, honestly, I think Zeke Najee's in there. He's been great this season. Plays even better than I thought he would. Uh, I'm going to put – and then, I'm, you know, then I'm going to put Peyton in there because I don't expect Peyton to be great. I expect him to have these dominant plays and then to not be great sometimes. Um, and then I'll put Reggie Jackson in there because Reggie Jackson is consistent. He's playing within himself. And that – that little like silky like lean that he has, like it's been really good. Like he had a move versus the Maverick where he hesitated, went in, got a wide open three pointer in the corner. He had another one where he got like this nice little floater layup. I'm like, bro, he's he's playing well right now. So I think they're all in a circle of trust. I I kind of agree. I'm not sure I fully agree. You're pessimistic, um, Ryan. Y'all get ready. I'm going to have all five starters in there, obviously. I think that right. they're they're tremendous. I think that Christian Brown is in there. I think what he's been yeah. able to do, especially over the course of this last week or so, because there, there was a time where he he still looks tentative. Like he definitely he, he definitely looks tentative. He at times. started a week off with a what a fourteen what seven and seven game thirteen seven yeah. and seven game. Yeah, it was great. Like no, he's he is uh, uh, he has turned that Bruce Brown slot into something that he he just dominates. So it's been right. it's been great to see. Um, I don't think I'm going to put Reggie in there. I don't think I'm going to put Peyton in there. I don't think I'm going to put Zeke in there. I think the reason for that is like, there is a good positive feeling around the group right now. And I'm glad that everything has gotten off to a great start. I think six and one. And with the way that Denver has played it, uh, they have been, they have done what they've needed to do to get off to a good start. This is kind of the first little bit of adversity that they're hitting now with Jamal out. And I want to see how they respond to this before declaring anything in particular. I think that mm. the starters I believe in, we've seen it already. Christian, we've seen it. Um, I think that with Julian, he's actually a guy that I was I was surprised. He created one of the only open shots that the bench had all night in mm. last game. And he did a right, really nice job running a DHO, hitting Christian Brown for his only three of the night, and like just created a nice, a nice little look. And like it felt right. It felt right. good. It felt repeatable. There aren't a ton of things that I've seen from the bench so far outside of the defensive effort, which has been tremendous, and I want to give them credit for that. But there haven't been a ton of things, especially offensively, that I think have been repeatable that I can trust and say, like, yeah, that's definitely happening in a playoff series. Uh, also, I want to give a shout-out to Joel Rush. By the way, before I was ever swiping, there's a few people that I usually listen to. Ryan Blackburn, great. I remember the first time I met Ryan, I think I said to you on air, like, you got an ESPN voice, and I think I, was, I said I was glad. I was thankful you brought me on before ESPN hired you. I think I said that to you the first time I ever That's met you. That's true. Uh, I'm still waiting for that call, by the way. <laughs> right, yeah. We'll, we'll see it's what on happens. The way. It's <laughs> on the way. Uh, obviously, DNVR, Autumn Dude, Matt Moore, Autumn Dude. I was a big fan of Lockdown and all that stuff. This is when I was like, before I stepped into the media thing, you know, I moved in there myself and got a, you know, became a media member, you know what I mean, all that other stuff. Joel Resch, I think it's incredible. Joel Resch uh, works for Forbes. He lives in Japan. He didn't get a chance to come to the games a lot. Joel Rush put a stat out. Uh, the Denver Nuggets bench is a have a plus 1.7 net rating, which ranks 11th in the league. And last year they were a minus 3.9, um, and that was 29th in the league. Bro, if they're able to maintain that with the starters being what they are, bro, they're, they're about to they, they could win 60 games. And yeah. I think again that that's why for me, like even with the Warriors, if you're saying they're going to d up versus the Warriors and the Pelicans this week. But then, bro, I think the starters are going to win their minutes. So I think that's what I'm saying. I think they can actually win all three of those games. The game I think they're most likely to lose would be the Pelicans. Uh, but I think they can. I think they. I'm going to give a hard prediction. They go three and zero, but they go three and zero because there's so much time. I think the Pelican game matters. 
I think the Warriors game matters, and then there's three days in between that and the Houston game. So I think they will be energized and ready to play that game again. Okay. I, I'm with you. I, I think there's there's a lot to love. There's a, there's a lot to love about how the team has started. I want to see how they respond to a Murray absence. And also there's a part of me that's like, man, if this Murray absence turns into like a three to four week or a five to six week kind of injury, which it's a hamstring yeah. strain. We just don't know yet. Like I, I can't wait to to hear from Michael Malone on that and hear about the severity of it. But right. uh, if this is going to be a long absence, then that's going to be that's going to be really really painful. Um, but I, Denver, I mean, they've got the best playmaker in the league, so like I, I think they'll be they'll be okay. But there's a possibility that they are they'll be okay as opposed to great over the course of the stretch and heading into the play uh, like this in season tournament especially. Man, they got to save up for those games specifically and try to make it work because that's if if they really do believe in the in-season tournaments, if the league believes in the in-season tournament, then they they might like save on some of these other games in the media in the intermediate time and go hard for the other ones. Go hard for the in-season tournament games. So yeah. something at least that I'm watching. Yeah. I think the de- the offense will take a hit. I think the defense will get better though, just because I will be forced to play. And I think um, you know, so we'll see. You know, I think obviously Jamal Murray I have to have him as a top 19 player in the league. You know, he's been shooting bad the last three games in a row. So, but, you know, hopefully, like I said, everything with Jamal is just get healthy. We all know who you are. Uh, the team knows who you are. They know you're there and take as long as you need. We will see what happens. Um, that is going to do it now for this episode of the Fans with Thank you so much, everybody, for all the love and support on the podcast as always uh go hit the like go hit subscribe on all of our channels whether it's mile high sports swipe a cam or alley oop with ryan blackburn thank you so much everybody for hanging out this has been tremendous as always really great comment section tonight uh swipe any final thoughts before we get out of here about to see two of the top 10 players of all time on wednesday flavors Steph Curry and Michael Porter Jr. It's going to be great. (laughs) Thank you so much, everybody. Talk to you guys very soon.